Golf's no different from hockey. Requires talent, self-discipline. Golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. You should talk to my neighbor, the accountant, probably a great golfer, huge ass. How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special honor. I'm Paula Creamer, and you're listening. Well, we're waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Kreese from Cobra Kai. And you're listening to Quiet, Please. Let the word go out from here across the land. Let Daddy Noonan uh, approve. Hiya, boys. Nice day for golf, eh? Quiet, please. Oh, you got secrets, eh? Hey, this is Shooter McGavin. You're listening to the... Hey, you guys. Hey, we're trying to have a podcast over here. (laughs) And the rains fell in Phoenix, and they washed their ways down to Mexico's and dropped the scores below 60. People in Phoenix were seeing red at the waste management, but not Sunday red. And of course, there's the live report. <laughs> I hit all four major topics at one time. Joining me, we're at we're playing as a threesome today. Andy Hydorn, Q Mixers. Hello, Andy. Hello, friends. And rounding out our panel this uh this week, Mr. Christian Nazamus, aka the prettiest podcaster in golf. And I am Alan DePew, and you you heard it. You I you see I I was weaving there, Andy. I was weaving waste management, Tiger Sunday Red. We broke the barrier of sixty, and now no one, everybody's going low. Where do you want to start, Christian? I personally, I think we should let's just get out of the way. I I want to I want to save the waste management for later. I want to talk about Tiger's quick apparel. I, I didn't get a chance to really d- dig a lot into it. I think it looks sweet, personally. It drops in May. I'm going to buy myself a pair of what probably a shirt, hoodie, whatever. And um, I also did want to touch on Tiger really quick at Riviera. Do you guys know he hit a drive today on 18, 342 yards? That, is that a, what's his shoulder turn? 60, <laughs> 69, <laughs> 70? <laughs> I watched a lot of his swings today, and honestly, I, I, you guys know me. I've said it vocally here on the podcast, like Tiger's done, Tiger's done. This is the first time where I've, I've genuinely seen Tiger swing look complete, and I think that he is in like full control of his golf game at the moment. Um, I'm not saying he's going to win, but I'm saying that he – I would not be surprised if he put on a good showing this week. Interesting. So, so Andy, you are Mister uh, Merchandiser. You are understand the uh, the ins and outs of clothing better than anybody. Sunday red. I actually called it. By the way, I think it was last week. I said, "Is it time for Tiger to put out his own line?" Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, you did. But he did it. And look, look, it's 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 an opportunity for him, right? I mean, I'm sure his deal with Nike was such that, you know, not like Michael Jordan's deal, that he probably didn't own much of of the uh, the equity in the business, right? Um, so he's got an opportunity to, to go try something off, off on the side. And I think that's what he's doing and, and good for him. Um, we'll see how much, you know, his his name and likeness is is worth because you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of clothing companies out there, a lot of great ones, um, but there's only one Tiger Woods. So exactly, 
I, I think that yeah. I think his his brand. I think I think he came. He, he rolled this out before he became too senior, shall we say? So he still connects and resonates with the golf bros. Um, it doesn't hurt that you know he's spending some time with Riggs and the guys over at Barstool and what have you, and so. I think in that sense, it's going to resonate with the, uh, I mean, Tiger moves and Tiger is the needle, as I said, and it's a, it's a couple of good looking lines. So you have how many variations of red can you have? As many as when, you have with Nike. <laughs> when, when first looking at his clothing up, like up close, I could not help but think that that was a Nike golf glove that he was wearing just with his logo on top. And I could literally not help but think that's a Grayson shirt. That he that he's just made, they look identical. I don't know if you guys have looked up close to it or not, but that's what my take was. I'm a big Grayson guy. I love wearing their clothes, and I think their golf shirts are awesome. And in my opinion, worth the money. They look very similar to that. So my question is this: Did is is there a, a parent company to this Sunday Red line? I think it's Taylor made, right? It, it, is it Adidas? I believe, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's like going from Coke to Pepsi. That's a ballsy move. That is a ballsy move. That'd be like me, like using a tailor-made club, which I will never do in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd like be you like, stab me in the heart. That, that's like my baby right there. That's and that'd be like me wearing an Adidas golf shirt because they're slim fitting, and that's just not going to happen. <laughs> 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 I hope Tiger does well. To be honest, I, I I'm rooting for him. I I I know the golf world's rooting for him as well. But, um, you know, I don't know. Hopefully, he can calm up, down a couple of the fans this week as opposed to last week. So, hopefully, they're not as rowdy. Well, while I look it up here, I could see, you, I didn't see. I didn't. Where did you see he, Golf Channel? He was his practice round. Yeah, I mean, I, I went on social media today. It's all over social media. I mean, really, any golf page is going to have Tiger all over it. So, specifically speaking, it was his drive on 18 today that um, it went 342.7 yards, to be exact. Had to get the point seven in there. And that tee box is well below the fairway. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yep. It is. Uh, one thing, even even last year... We all know he, he has been – his distance has not gone away, regardless of his age. He still can pipe it out there as far as Rory at times, you know, like, which is fascinating to me. Like, that's just like when you look at what he's been through in the last couple of years, you would think that he would have lost 20, 30 yards possibly off the tee. He's gained it. He did for a while. I mean, his ball speed was in the mid-160s for a while. Um, but yeah. now he's now he's in the 170s, and, and like you said, there there are times where he's bashing it past JT, and and uh, it's it's pretty impressive. So here, so here you go. As of this moment, Tiger's odds to win golf's major championship 24, 2024 Masters plus seven uh, seventy five hundred on FanDuel. Wow, PGA Championship plus ten thousand on BetMGM. Uh no, I'm sorry. That's 2023. Why would they be? Why, why did they have 2023? Anyway, 7500 on fan, on Fanduel. 
because this is back to the future and you're Michael J. Fox and you're yes. going to make some bets. <laughs> you know what? I saw a really cool one though. And I saw a really cool one on Twitter today that did you, those little hidden, hidden Easter eggs in movies. It was called twin pines mall when you first met doc. And then it was lone, lone pine, pine mall. Never yeah. knew that. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he took Come out on. the pine tree. Pay attention. <laughs> All right, so uh, waste waste management, or do we want to talk about what's in the water in Mexico? I, I think we need to give Mr. Cristobal del Solar, whatever his name is, his due here. All right. So, Andy, elaborate. Well, I, first of all, on social media, of course, there's going to be those guys out there, and they're out there that are trying to discredit um his I'm round be that guy go ahead what's that you'll I'm be that guy be, i'm gonna be that guy go ahead okay um the golf course is is short relatively speaking um it's at elevation um and it was ball in hand which really leads us to and, and i talked about this last week about al guyberger's 59 being ball in hand and um Wyndham Clark 60 being ball in, ball in hand. Like somebody needs to figure out how much of an advantage ball in hand is. Um, because it's, it's clearly, I, will reach, I will reach out to Ru, to, to Lou, the stat guy, yeah. stat guy, and find out. It's clearly a deal. But all that being said, I mean, amazing round of golf. He shoots 57, closes it up with 62, and loses. Crazy. Because yeah. a nineteen-year-old fired a little fifty-nine in there, also. So here, here, let me. Here's my only pushback. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give both sides of it. So my low career round is sixty-three. I just want to chime in, but it was on like a six shoulder turn. What's that? Did you have the shoulder turn then, dude? I, I used to be able to hit the ball. Stop now. So it was on a six thousand yard golf course, right? where you could drive par fours, where you could do things of that nature. But as my former golf pro that I worked for uh, said, you still got to hit the shots. That's the key. And at 6,200 yards at elevation, that golf course is playing short for those guys. So that's, that would be my negative of it, the positive of it. He still had to hit the shots. 100%. I don't disagree at all. I mean, that's that's just – it's like the same thing with Bryson when he shot 58. I mean, you know, I don't care how easy the golf course is. I can go over to the local course here right next to my house and shoot 55 when par 60, but you still got to hit the shots to do it, Right. you know? Yeah, so I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, okay, yeah. It was an absolute incredible round, except that – I. I how I want to wear this. It's it's unfortunate that the fans, I in my opinion, almost ruined what happened. Elaborate. The fans waste management. <laughs> the, I was all over social media th this entire weekend, and you saw all these players that were just getting ticked off with, I mean, Billy Horschel, Zach Johnson. Like, they're telling them to, like, shut up. They're telling them to, like, you know, it, in my opinion, whoa, the waste whoa, management – you're on the waste management already? I didn't get the memo of the transition on that. Oh, I'm sorry. 
No, we're, ta- we're I talking. I apologize. About, we're talking about Mister Fifty Seven still. Oh, I'm sorry. I was. I, I moved ahead. Then I apologize. No, I my made bad. a joke. I'll save all, I'll save all my stuff that. for that. <laughs> Just throw the show notes out. You worth the notes. Yeah. Just throw them out the door, like we always do. I'm so sorry. I I was I was just getting ahead of myself because I'm just so excited You're to talk about. You're amped up it. over this. Um, hey, hey, it's a, it's a new year, new me. Come on now. Uh, so, Alan, when yeah. you're talking to when you're talking to Lou, yeah. Um, the the thing that's really interesting to me is I don't believe ball in hand in the fairway is a big deal. I really don't. Agreed. I mean, ball in the hand so. through the green is a huge deal. And Al Guybergers was in the fairway. Um, I don't know where it was in, in Columbia. Um, I think Wyndham Clarks was in the fairway. So I don't know. It's a really interesting topic that I think deserves some digging. And I erroneously said Mexico. I meant, I meant to say Columbia because yeah. they were jacked up on powder. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> Cartagena is beautiful, though. I, I understand. Yeah. All right, Christian. You know what was, what was not beautiful? Dudes getting firemen carried out of the waste management. And for the first time ever, they had to shut down admission and they had to shut down the beer tents. Now, young man, continue with your rant on the waste management. Once again, I'm sorry for skipping ahead, but there was a lot to uncover in this tournament, personally, okay. in my let's, opinion. Okay? Let's go. Let me let me take notes. I'm going to say, <laughs> first off, hats off to Nick Taylor. Well-deserving. Played great. Okay. Uh, same with Charlie Hoffman. I, I, I was, I've always been a Charlie Hoffman fan. I love seeing him back up at the leaderboard. Um, but hats off to Nick before I get into the negative part of it. The negatives that uh, – there's a long list. Right. This tournament, in my opinion, it's a great tournament. It could be a great tournament again, but the last few years, in my opinion, it has just been an utter, utter, utter shit show for the PGA. Right. Specifically, obviously, when it comes to the fans not being able to control their alcohol, that kind of stuff. When you go to a golf tournament, you have to honor the players. That's my, that's, it's just the courtesy of the game. There were numerous times throughout the tournament where you saw Billy Horschel, Zach Johnson, I'm sure there was a probably more that we didn't get that didn't get caught that were basically telling drunk fans to shut up while they're playing golf. Obviously, that's a problem in my opinion, and I think it's a really bad look on waste management specifically to have a tournament like this, which again was it's still probably one of the top uh, venues for the PGA Tour. But you know, honestly. I looked at, I don't know what the ratings were as part like for Vegas to, to waste management. I'm sure that the viewership was probably maybe slightly towards live this week because of John Rom possibly than it was for waste management. I don't know the numbers. I don't know. I, I, that's just, I, I thoroughly did not enjoy watching the waste management whatsoever this week. I don't, I don't like watching it at all. All right. Before you chime in, Andy, I am going to give you cutting edge statistics brought to you by fan of the show. Shooter, double pistols, right? <laughs> Shooter posted this, Scottsdale Police Department, waste management, calls for service. 2022, 440. 2023, 538. This year, 653. Arrests, 
0-18-54. Ejections, 90-102-211. And we don't even go into trespassing. Has the waste management gotten out of control? It's trash. Pun intended. Nice. That, that was pretty funny. It is trash, though. Honestly, uh, look, it's it's typical of of you you can't have nice things, right? Like the fun of the waste management was the 16th hole, and you know the the people having a good time, and 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 it's it's gone way overboard, and they ruined it, and and you know I'm with Christian, believe it or not. Um, it's just, it's just over the top bad. And it's, like I said, you can't have nice things. Is this a result of social media and everybody trying to outdo themselves to get more clicks and likes? Sure. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. Yep. And honestly, I think it's just a terrible image on the PGA as well, personally. And it's not even just the waste management. I, honestly, how many tour events have we been to where people are so obnoxious? They're drunk. Like, I mean, going to Oak Hill when I went there a couple of years ago for the PGA, it was the same. It was the same problem. People are drunk. They're obnoxious. Like they, it's a golf course. Like honor the people. Like if they're if somebody's playing, like if you're playing on the course, you don't want people talking in your swing. Don't oh, hey, do it with a with a tour like, pro. Like I said at the conclusion of the uh, the Ryder Cup, can you imagine what it's going to be at Beth Page for the for the Ryder Cup? I'm okay with what goes on at the Ryder Cup, um, because it's different. They they don't they don't just misbehave for the sake of misbehaving like they're doing at waste management. I think the Ryder Cup is more about about you know the the competitiveness between you know Europe and the U.S. and and there's there's more to it there. This is just people having the license to act like idiots and and that's what they're doing. They're again. I agree a thousand percent with Andy on that one it's different for a Ryder Cup format obviously you're playing for your country you're playing for that as opposed to playing for you know a, um, a title at the waste management or whatever the case may be there was 20,000 extra fans that got that was able to sneak into the waste management this week as well because they they either forgot to scan the tickets or whatever the case may be but it was all over social media no matter where you went on Facebook Instagram it was Twitter and it was just like people that were just drunk that were like falling over, walking down a sidewalk, right? Or people that were sliding down a, a, a wet hill with grass and stuff and then shotgunning a beer afterwards. Like it was almost like it was it, it, it wasn't even a golf tournament. Right. And I felt more bad for the players personally, because like they're trying to compete. This is their job. Right. Like they're trying to make a living for their family. And that you have people like this that are just obnoxiously stupid and they're trying to get drunk, throw up in trash cans on the course. Like I saw a video of a guy literally throwing up on somebody else because and he, after he fell over because he couldn't he couldn't stand up straight. I just I just thought it was a bad image overall. Come back to your shanties. <laughs> but but let me ask you a question to both of you because it just came in my head. Does the tour evaluate this tournament? for other venues moving forward in regards to the alcohol consumption. Well, okay. I want to, uh, so first of all, here's my take. My take is 
the Coliseum, as they're calling the 16th now. They got they got uh, Smiley and Kiz right on the tee box calling it, which, by the way, I thought they did, both did a great job. They got fans that you pay $25,000 a pop to sit on the tee box, you know, so you're up close and personal to the action. The Coliseum has become, it, to me, it's almost like going to uh, um, Bristol for NASCAR. It's yeah. just this massive structure. But it's not just the 16th anymore. It's the 17th. It's the 18th. It's all the way down the stretch. They have a mass of humanity uh, and a you know carefree atmosphere. We've talked before. We've had other people talk. It's nice to have that one open, the, the people's open venue. It used to be actually the Hartford. You go way back. Remember the Hartford? There was that R three up there that they got they got stupid cheering balls that roll off the off the green and what have you. But I can't see this going to to more venues. And I do know this on firsthand because I talked to him. I brought up this company called Ziggit. It's a uh, it's basically a, a beer box that you can and they they rolled it out at the Wells Fargo. Shameless plug for Ziggit. If you'd like to be one of our sponsors. And um, Michelob loved it so much that they're going to actually station these things throughout the, uh, I think it's the Wells Fargo again this year. And I know for a fact you can control the amount of consumption through those machines. So does. So let me, let me share this. Let me share this. So there's blame to go around everywhere. So the waste management Phoenix open policies, like two of their policies are, no alcohol will be served to guests who appear intoxicated. Okay. Okay. And the second one is there, there will be a two drink limit per transaction. Okay. So if we think that those two policies were being followed, I doubt it. Yeah. I mean, literally after his run was over, Zach Johnson, I think he publicly came back and said, like, I'm probably not going to return to the waste management. Now, I'm not saying Zach Johnson's a huge name. It, it, he is a huge name in my book, but other people may not think so, right? Um, but I, I'm just curious what the status of this tournament is going to be next year because the PGA is already in trouble with losing John Rahm, right? And who knows who else is going to be going to live at this point. Honestly, I feel like anybody at this point could go over there at any point in time. Um, but again, I, I know somebody who knows. Saying it's going to be Victor Hovland. <laughs> well, in his defense, he's not the only one who's saying this because Victor Hovland and Xander Schauffele backed out of the waste management to work on their games because they weren't happy with it. And of course, everybody's coming out and saying, oh, they're going to live. They're going to live. Blah, blah, blah. They're going to live. You know, so it's that never ending, you know, kind of elephant in the room that just doesn't go away. I, yeah, at this rate, I hope I love I love Victor. Alan knows like he's one of my, he's he's our boy. Um, well, they're both playing. Know, they're both he, playing in L.A. this week. Yeah, I I don't I just I don't know I I feel like the PGA is already in trouble, right? And I feel like um, you know the fields for the PGA. I'm not saying like they're still stronger, obviously, than live. You know, but again, like losing a top tier guy, like. You got John Rom, who's like all energetic. He's all pumped up. You know what I mean? Like when he wins tournaments, 
and this is not a slap to Scotty Scheffler whatsoever. Scotty Scheffler is kind of boring on the golf course. Even if he wins a tournament, he doesn't get as pumped up as Rory does or as John Rahm does. Like, I love Scotty, but, you know, I, I, I don't saw, know. I saw a really interesting interview this week with Rahm. And Rahm was basically saying in front of the cameras, he's like, I want to play in the waste management. I want to play in the LA Open. I want to play in the in the uh, Players Championship in at Muirfield. He goes, I want to play in these tournaments. He says, but this was just a decision I made that hopefully will work out in the long run. So it sounded to me like like sounded to me like got paid me like Andy's Andy's internet. I was just about to compliment it this week. And it went and it shit the bed right then. Really? <laughs> what was Ron trying to say, Andy? <laughs> so did we miss that whole thing? <laughs> we got to we got to the part that Ron wants to play in all those events. Yeah, he wants to play. He, he wants to play in all those events. <laughs> he wants to play in all those events, but you know, he he said I made a decision, but he hopes that he's gonna. It's going to pan out so that I'll be able to play in those PGA Tour events that he wants to play in. Well, this would be a great time to go to shift to live and the live report was brought to you by uh, Q Mixers, by the way. Yes. Would you like to tell us about Q Mixers? Yes. Look, people, if if you haven't gotten on the bandwagon yet, if you love cocktails and you love to mix your cocktail, you need to be mixing with premium mixers and there's no better premium mixer than Q mixers, ginger beers, tonic waters, club sodas, all different flavors, bloody Marys, margaritas. It's all Good. awesome. Official mixer of the Kentucky Derby. Official mixer of the Kentucky Derby. Thank you very much. Is it, I believe also the official mixer of Indianapolis of the Indy 500. Pretty good company. It, it is a good, and it's a, I, I need friends like you to remind me of these things. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Now tell me about John Rahm in, in Vegas and Liv. Yeah, so so you know, Christian, to your point about about viewership, if if it were apples to apples, we would know more. We'd have a better feeling. But I mean, the Liv being on the CW versus you know NBC showing um, the PGA Tour is just it's not a fair fight. So. Liv's never going to have the viewership. Um, I personally don't think, like this weekend, it would even if they were on a, you know, kind of similar network, they wouldn't even sniff people watching the waste management. It's just, I mean, I didn't, I barely knew that Liv was even playing this weekend. And one of the interesting things was Dustin Johnson came out and said, I haven't touched a club all winter. And and he goes out and wins, right? That's not that's not doing anything for Liv. That's no. basically saying that you don't take this shit seriously. And you're a great golfer and you have great talent, but you could give two shits about it. And you haven't touched the club and you go out and you win a, a three-round live event. Again, against other people they don't give a shit. <laughs> and they and they probably haven't touched a club. I, I think he's he's probably more 
more in the minority of that deal, but I, I don't know. I just think it's, it's, I mean, does anybody ultimately end live and this includes John Rahm? Do they care about golf? I mean, think about it. Like I think, I think they care mo- about golf. I think most of them do. Yeah. I think they care about golf to an extent. Obviously they all went there for the money. Do you know what I mean? Like everybody knows it. And the fact that not one single person has come out publicly and said, I went there literally for the money. I mean, we all, they all did it, obviously. $600 million for Rom or whatever he got. But he's saying that he misses all these tournaments when before he even left for live, money was never an object for him. No. You know, and he was a huge hater of live when it first came out. But then all of a sudden they flashed $600 million in front of you. And now you have a different perspective on it, I guess. Do you know what I mean? How's this for, for a bit of perspective? Sorry, Alan. Um, so I'm watching and I, I love I love to watch YouTube at night. Like old golf stuff on YouTube is just fascinating. And um so I'm watching last night the 1980 US Open that Jack won at Baltusrol and Sal Aoki finished second. And you know what Sal Aoki took home for finishing second? Just take a guess, Alan. Uh, I'm gonna say seventy-two thousand. Christian, take a guess. Seventy-two thousand. Oh, back in what? Nineteen eighty. Man, I was I was young at that point. Um, did you? I'd probably say. I wasn't even thought of. Uh, I'm gonna say twenty grand. Embryo. No, seven thousand. Seven thousand. No, twenty-nine thousand. Twenty-nine thousand. Second place finish at the U.S. Open now is worth one point two million. I mean, twenty nine thousand. So again, this whole overarching thing about about greed is really starting to to carry my opinion on not just live, but on the PGA Tour too. I mean, it's it's out of control, um, and. I just think it's it's ruining everything about the game. And, and look, I get it. Over time, purses are supposed to grow. Those guys are the best in the world. They should be making great money. But there's a huge difference between great money and what they're making now. Um, I just think it's it's over the top and it's having a negative effect to the to the golf consumer on uh, you know their their ability to to enjoy professional golf so i was gonna i was gonna interject with the we have this was from two weeks ago just for not it wasn't the uh the the waste management but pebble beach going up against uh live mexico the sat the saturday round for example pebble beach 1.96 million viewers anybody want to take a guess live 150,000. Uh, I'm going to say 300,000. Uh, that's closer to their Sunday number. 168,000 on Saturday. Scary news is, same day, the PGA Tour didn't even crack the top five in sports viewing events for that day. And actually finished behind the Iowa, I think it was Iowa-Maryland women's basketball game. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I mean, Caitlin Clark's phenomenal. 
I mean, I I I understand that, but this is this is this is the this is the preeminent tour in in golf, and it's not drawing attention. In that, which raises a bigger question, which is, is the infighting hurting both brands? I would like to know what the the year over year comparison viewership was if it's if it's in the same ballpark or if it's decreased because yeah. that would be, that would be the answer to the question this whole article that i'm quoting actually uh basically the entire focus is on lives lack of revenue i mean there's nobody there there's yeah, nobody. i just saw a stat that the average audience for the final round of live golf mayakoba was 48 percent higher than the previous year well, it was four hundred thirty-two thousand for Sunday's for Sunday's right. round. Yep. So they got that going for them, which is nice. So as opposed to two hundred fifty thousand, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you're still, I don't know. So there, there the is bigger, the bigger there question. Is, there's the John Rom John Rom Terrell Hatton factor, and the fact that John was still in Terrell Hatton with his with his team. All about team golf. Yeah, it's not Terrell Hatton, though, right? Terrell Terrell Hatton's not bringing in X amount of viewers. I mean, he didn't even bring viewership mainly to the not not as much because, as a John Rombwood, obviously, because the team was still playing for something at that point. I, I I don't disagree. I'm just saying, like as a person, as a golfer, Terrell Hatton's not bringing in more than what, couple, maybe a couple thousand viewers. I'm sure yeah. on the C, I'm sure on the CW he can drop a few more f bombs because nobody's watching. Let Probably. let me let me share a couple of names with you guys, okay? I'm just gonna go down the list: Jason Kokrak, Sebastian Munoz. Yeah. Who? Let me go. Let me go down the list. Mark Leishman, Abe Answer. These are all young up and coming players. Harold Varner, Thomas Peters, Matthew Jones, or Matt Jones, Cameron Tringali, Carlos Ortiz, Danny Lee, Anirban yeah. Lahiri. These are these are all, and we've been saying this for a year. These dudes all punch their ticket to obscurity. Hudson Swafford, Brendan Steele. Like, like they were, they were in the conversation and now they're in no conversation. They were, they were, yes, they were knocking at the door to the yeah. upper echelon of the tour. And now they're going to go into obscurity playing exhibition golf. Their only chance is top finishes at the open championship or one of the majors. If they can somehow get into one of the majors i.e. the Open Championship or U.S. Open, and have a top finish and then have some type of success at the majors. I mean, it's the only only chance they got. They're going to have to qualify. And yeah. just Mito Pereira is another one. Burst on the Every scene. single person. Yeah. Dude was one swing away from being a PGA yeah. champion, and now he's gone. Yep. And that was the weirdest swing I ever saw in my life, by the way. <laughs> that was, that was, I had a better swing than that. <laughs> Every person you just listed off of your, off that list, great golfers, 
you have to be to make it on the PGA Tour. I mean, right? You have to be. So the only thing that they that I feel like a, a lot of guys on live they went to live, in my opinion, for two reasons: money, and they also probably deep down knew that they would never win a, a major or a tournament on the tour because the fields were so tough. I could be totally wrong for that bold statement that I just made, but so look so, at look at live on their field. So Pat Perez, before he went to live, made $33 million on the PGA Tour. And, and he's a journeyman, like mediocre tour player, right? You look, at, you look at all those guys that I just mentioned, those guys weren't getting $50 million to sign with live. They, they were not all paid big money. So was it really the right choice for... Like that thirty that thirty three million was career earnings. It does not count the contracts and all the the real right. money, which right. is sponsorships. Right, he's made thirty three million dollars playing mediocre professional golf. And look, he's a great player. Like Christian said, he kept his tour card for a long time, but he was a nobody on tour, other than the fact that yeah. you know he looked like a trailer park dude. And uh, people were interested in it, him for that, but he looked like Joe Dirt. <laughs> yeah, it comes down to lack of competition. The tiger, the tiger like before, like before, Liv was even a thing. They had to go out and beat like when he was phenomenal. JT, Rory, like John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler. Like no offense, like yeah, they might beat him this week, but over the course of their like you know career, they're not beating these guys. Yeah. And I think it just lacked. I don't know. Of course, of course. How about Cam Smith? Yeah, totally. where's Horrible. he been? Where, Horrible. where, where are you, Cam Smith? Horrible I mean, boots. Yeah, like he was. Where's any of them? I guarantee you, John Rahm's going to take a huge step down right now in the rankings Rom, and Rom, his confidence. Rom, everything. Rom and Cam, Rom and Cam have their tickets punched to the majors for the. I've I said this a million times now. They have their tickets punched for the next five years for the majors. And in some cases, lifetime. But where are they? They're done. We talked about this last week. And I 100% feel like the issue that nobody is considering is that these guys don't play enough serious golf now to keep their games in serious shape. Agreed. Agreed. So you think going I look at the, it the atmosphere of live with all the noise and the music and all that stuff, which is great. Don't get me wrong. But then you go tee it up at the U.S. Open. You don't think you're in a little bit of a shock mode that, oh, this is what it used to be like, you know? There are two players on live, in my opinion, that can win any major this year, and it's Rahm and, and Brooks, right? Anybody else? Honestly, when you look at DJ now, DJ's on vacation mode. DJ just doesn't give a shit. He's like, okay, I shoot 10 over a par. I pocketed 150000 All right, I'm taking whoever out to dinner on my yacht. He, he doesn't care. Phil doesn't care, right? Bryson, they, they, they look like they care when they're, when they're in these interviews and stuff, but they don't, they don't give Bry a shit. Bryson, care, Bryson cares more about Paige Spurniak than anything. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. But he, he and, just – And how about – Which is so sad me. because – Yeah, who? Cheater? What? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, like, he, like he's yeah. gone. 
Yeah. It's just, it's unfortunate because like when they were on tour, you know, you had, you basically had to fight every single week to earn your spot. All right. Nothing was guaranteed. Now yeah. that they're on tour or on live, everything for them is guaranteed. I'm hey, you want $75 million? You can live off that. It's exhibition golf. But let me just wrap up our scorecard for this week. All right. We're not Nick Taylor. We didn't make five out of six birdies down, down the stretch. All right. So, but what we did have uh Sunday red, we give them uh that's a birdie. I think, I think, I think we can say that's a birdie uh, waste management. That's probably a bogey. Christian made bogey this week. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's a double, that's a double, double, that's at least double. maybe live, even a triple live, live golf, double bogey and uh sub 60 golf down in Columbia. That's definitely an Eagle. It's definitely hot play. But not as hot as the hot seat for a Christian Nazemus. Oh yeah. It's high time the young man has been placed on the hot seat. I've just been waiting for this one. So Christian, you know how this works. You gotta you gotta answer 100%. quickly. You gotta answer the first thing that comes to your head. No need to to justify your answers. Just say what you say what you think. So okay, yeah. what's your lowest 18 hole score? 67. Very good. What are your three favorite golf courses that you played? Harbor Town, Oak Hill, and Radisson Greens. Nice. What are the three courses you have not played that you'd like to play? Pinehurst, Pebble, and oh, it's a tough one. Um, Kiowa Island. Well, all three of those, all they take is money. So you don't have any money. <laughs> Why don't you just tee it up in the US Open qualifier this year yeah. and make the drive yeah, over to Charlotte there and move down yeah. there? Okay, name the three best golfers of all time Nicholas Woods and Ben Hogan. Very nice. What's the best part of your game? <laughs> Irons. We, we rarely get that. People usually say driver, putter, mental, some people have said, but that's that's interesting. Um, what skill is most important to play good golf? You got to have the right mindset. Mentality. Good. Okay, who's your favorite golfer, past or present? Ricky Fowler. Love it. All right. You ready? Quickly describe the best shot you've ever hit. Time, place, and situation. Oh, I know what it is. Uh, I was uh, 15 years old, Radisson Greens, hole number seven from 205 yards away on a par three with a back left pin behind a hill. And I one hopped it in the hole for a hole in one. And it was my only hole in one ever. Nice. <laughs> the unfortunate so part was I never saw it go in. So one of two of my three hole in ones I never saw go in because they were wish I did the green, but so. I had one boys. Good. <laughs> so Christian what do you cherish the most about the game of golf the fact that it made me a better person um and it also gives me the ability to meet amazing people and play it my entire life love that answer in the 19th hole question, you just answered you have one career hole in one. So 
I got one career hole in one. I've come close a handful of times for my second. You've navigated your way in the hot seat fairly easily today. You played fast. Thank you very much. I, well played. Yeah, I do play very fast. Honestly, like, like I kind of have that Brooks Kepka mentality. Like, honestly, I don't think of a shot when I hit it. I literally, I mean, I do, but like, I literally have a shot in my head. Okay, I want to hit a low stinger, or I want like Alan's seen it. I he literally has a video of me at uh, Eagle Ridge, and he asked me what I was going to hit, and I told him I was like, I'm going to start it out over this hill, and I'm going to literally snap it in the hole. And that is exactly what I did. I thought you. I thought you were going to jokingly say, uh, in, "In the 18th at uh, Yardley Country Club for our little charity event that we were joking about." And we came to 18, maybe had a couple in the bag at that point, and we did some quick math and said, "You know, we probably need to eagle this hole." And Christian swung out of his shoes and drives the drives the 18th green like. 350 away? I can't remember how long that hole is, to be honest. Hey, with you. it doesn't matter what I did off the tee box. You made the putt. All right. That is all that matters is that I know you I don't have the shoulder I turn, was, brother. I wasn't going to say that, but Shocking. I appreciate the uh, hey, acknowledgement. I'm just saying, you don't have that shoulder turn anymore, but you got that flat stick hot. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, and Andy, on that note, I did see on social media today a, a group of three scratch players in their foursome lost to a team that shot 48 in the tournament (laughs) every time (laughs) every time boys 18th green final thoughts uh andy why don't you go first all right i'm gonna i'm gonna talk a little bit about live again because i love live so much i I know you talk about live Mm um but here's Cheers to a big FU from Matt Wolf to Brooks Kepka. Because Matt Wolf finished third or fourth, I think, last week. Um, he beat Kepka. And with all the verbal abuse that, that Matt Wolf took from Brooks Kepka, it's a big FU from, from Matt to Brooks. Nice. Um, another interesting finish was tied for second was Peter Uline, who's been really bad. Um, and I think the first live event, he finished last. Um, so it's good to see him play well. Um, and yeah, just a couple more uh, little nuggets about live. Chris, <laughs> what? What you got? I, I'm just asking where Andy is. I, I can't even see him. I mean, if he's if he was last, where's Andy? I <laughs> I don't know where he is. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, my final thought is, um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Ogletree was was um, in the middle of the pack. Hashtag where's Ogletree? Yeah. You know, my my final thought is, um, always believe in yourself and what you can accomplish. No task is ever too big for someone. Um. I've gotten a lot of stuff happen recently that, you know, just solidifies just that. Just have confidence in yourself, whether it's in golf or work or whatever you're doing. Um, you know, if you have the confidence in yourself to get to the next level, then you just have to fight for what you believe in and 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 just know that you just got to have the mental capacity to do it ultimately. So, um, you know, always tell your loved ones that you love them and you're here for them. Life's too short. And uh, continue to follow us on social media because I'm back officially – now the rest basically the rest of this year 
And because and of that, our, great because our numbers are going through the roof right now. I'm just saying. So before John you, Rahm effect. Before you, you finish us off, Alan, just on that note, Christian, which I appreciate what you just said. Um, you know, our, our uh, thoughts are with our other podcast mates here. Um, Brendan, who's dealing with, with some family issues right now. Um, and, and Bob, of course, we, uh, we miss you both and can't wait to have you back. 110%. Absolutely. And I'll wrap it up with two quick points. One is we successfully made it through the entire show without talking about the Super Bowl. The game sucked. I'm, I'm, I, I'm so frustrated with it. But I do want to give a positive. As reported by, and you got to give proper credit, Bethann Nichols, LPGA today lands Ford as a new title sponsor for the, what's the name of the tournament? The Ford Championship. How ironic. To be played at Seville Golf and Country Club in Gilbert, Arizona. That's big. Blue chip, blue chip sponsor. Awesome. Blue chip sponsor for the LPGA Tour. I'm glad people are taking notice. Yep, that's great. That's it. That's all I got. Till next week, boys. Cheers, boys. Ciao. You only have one opportunity to sell your golf property. Shouldn't you partner with an expert that offers you 30-plus years of golf industry experience combined with the reach of a global leader in real estate? Collier's International Golf Brokerage and Advisory Services understands your unique business needs. Whether it is brokerage, management, and consulting, be reassured that the market leader in the business of golf is providing you the real answers and practical solutions you deserve. Contact Golf Talk Live co-host and Collier's Golf Advisory Services member, Alan DePew, today at 717-554-8519. That's 717-554-8519.